You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Lincoln for the lead. Blocked again. Cody again. Oh, my. Alabama wins. Overcast, but nonetheless, it's just so pleasant out here. And I love southern colonial homes. And this one has one of the wraparound porches, which, by the way, Lars, I grew up. And a house that had one just like it. And my, my evenings in high school, we spent a few out on the porch. So what's up, Lars? Man, there's nothing like porch life in the South. And uh, R&R cigars, I'm telling you, there's uh, people out here already uh, enjoying cigars. And uh, Reagan's Victory Cigars that we'll get into more. And, and we'll talk about the uh, tradition of uh, the cigar smoking with the Alabama-Tennessee rivalry. And uh, the history is a little bit, uh, Matt, shall we say, hazy. But uh, I think, uh, you know... The, the story most commonly told is that, uh, and I'm sure you know this, Matt, is that uh, the late uh, Jim Goostree, right, who was a yep. long-time Goostree, long-time uh, athletic trainer at Alabama who graduated from Tennessee, uh, heading into the 61 game, uh, he told the team that he danced naked in the locker room if Alabama won. Because Alabama had not beaten Tennessee since 1954. So it was a stretch of about seven years. Alabama wins at Legion Field 34-3. Goose Tree danced while smoking a cigar. Players wanted to celebrate too. So they wanted a cigar. And boom. The cigar tradition was stoked. Very well read. Man, Goose Tree was a great guy. For a while, I think Goose Tree also was uh, in charge of keeping Bryant Hall, the athletic norm, you know, <laughs> trying to keep all those young men in order. But uh, he was a good guy, and he was a very, he was a favorite of Coach Bryant, although he had many. But that's a great story, and it makes me want to fire one up right here at r and I wonder if he's still got some of those elephant victory scars. I don't know. He was running low earlier this week. But let me tell you, if that's not your choice, there's a whole bunch inside. And bourbons and scotches and drinks. And I think he's got close to 100 beers. So that's all until they close it up today. Lars and I will be here from noon to 2. We'd love to see your face drop by. We'll let you ask a question or two and enjoy a, a nice stick while you're at it. Lars, you know, we have talked four days this week about Alabama, Tennessee, and I have several favorites. When Philip Doyle kicked a field goal after Stacey Harrison blocked theirs or a punt, it was just unbelievable. And I'm talking about 30, 35 years ago. Uh, I heard the Miller's Edge talking about David Palmer. David Palmer Palmer and Jay Barker had a huge part in Alabama managed to pull off a 17-17 tie. That's how long ago it was, Lars. They actually had ties. If the time expired, they both went to the locker room, tied at 17. And, of course, you remember what Coach Bryant said about ties? Uh, so, like, kissing your sister? I'm not sure. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> 
And you you couldn't know that unless you just wanted to kiss your never mind. No, I don't have a sister. No. Uh, <laughs> no, just your brother, guy that lives up in DC. Uh, yep. All right, I was gonna t- I was gonna share another one with you. One uh, another Matt memory. In 1981, Lars, you were what? Ten years old. 81, I was 10. Correct. So I don't know if you were watching this game or not, but Alabama, who's in Coach Bryant's second to the last year, I remember. I think Don Jacobs was the starting quarterback, running the wishbone. Walter Lewis may have been there. Alan Gray. As a matter of fact, the guy that was honored before the game, the Arkansas game, just this past Saturday. Anyway, they were a combination of quarterbacks. And Tennessee jumped on Alabama. Like, here's a good Southern one for you. Like, stank on a June bug. Have you heard that one? I have not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it was 17 to nothing at the half. Tennessee looked like world champions and Alabama looked like you know what so the guys are all and I heard this firsthand from Lou Green I think he was there but anyway Mike White may have told me does it really matter they assembled in the locker room and he said literally trembling because of what was going about to happen with coach Bryant and coach Bryant of course he'd walk in any room and it would fall completely silent he walked into the locker room. This is at Legion Field. And, of course, everybody goes E.F. Hutton. And Coach Bryant walks up, and they're all anticipating getting their butts chewed. And he stood up in front of them for a couple of minutes, and he looked at him. He said, men, we got them just where we want them. <laughs> and Alabama plowed Tennessee in the second half, shut them out, scored 27 points. That's so unbryant like Can you imagine? You know, you're sitting there playing left guard in Alabama. Uh, what, one year removed from back-to-back national championships? And your coach says, we're down 17-0. Lars, we got them just where we want. I love that. I love that story. And uh, I talked about this yesterday, but my first exposure uh, to the Alabama-Tennessee rivalry was on October 24th, 2009. Uh, Alabama was a huge favorite. And uh, with, uh, I don't know, three seconds left or so, uh, Daniel Lincoln, uh, the kicker for Tennessee, lined up for a 44-yard field goal attempt. And and, uh, in what happens, the biggest player on the field made the biggest play of the game. And that was Alabama nose guard Terrence Cody charging through the line, blocks the kick, preserves Alabama's win. And this was Lane Kiffin's only season as Tennessee's coach. And uh, after uh, after the game, and uh, this was the season that Nick Saban went on to win his first national championship of Alabama. But after the game, Saban and Kiffin meet at uh, midfield for the handshake. And Lane told Nick, we'll get you next year. Well, guess what? The next time Kiffin walked on the Alabama field... He did so as a Crimson Tide assistant coach. Good story all the way around. And and guess who our next guest is? Yes. Perfect lead-in. Terrence Cody will be joining us in just a minute. He has got some appearances on Saturday that uh, you can weave in and out of your plans. 
think uh, one of them's at um, uh, both of them are right there at the Galleria. But I have them listed right here, and I will give them to you. And then we'll talk to Mount Cody when we get back. I remember exactly where I was when he blocked the kick, and I just went absolutely bananas in front of my own television set. It was just, it was fantastic. Let's talk to Terrence on the other side of the break. Hey, by the way, we are at R&R right here on the 6th, downtown Tuscaloosa. It's just beautiful. We're on the porch. You cannot miss us. Drop by and see us at R&R as you listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Board. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon. The chance of a few passing showers through tonight. The high today, 72. Tonight's low, 55. For tomorrow, showers ending early in the day. The sky becoming partially sunny. The high, 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Four seconds to go. Lincoln for the lead. Blocked again. Cody again. Oh, my. Alabama wins. And at that point, Lars Anderson, Justin Jones, the legend began. Of course, Terrence was already a hell of a player. But he's joining us. I think he's actually on his way up into Alabama so he can make his appearances. And I'll be promoting those in just a minute. But first of all, greetings, Terrence Cody. How are you? Hey, how y'all doing? We're sitting on a porch of a R&R cigar and, and bourbon uh, patio porch. And it's, so we're doing great. So you're headed up here? Yes, sir. We're heading up there um, tomorrow morning. Well, a few things I got to do on Saturday. What did you think when you heard, I guess that was Brando, calling the kick that you blocked against Tennessee in 2009? What, does that still give you chills? Yeah, it still does, man. I, every time I listen to it, I, I, I just get flashbacks about that night. Terrence, can you just walk us through that that play and what your mindset was as uh, you're lining up in, uh, in 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 field goal formation or defensive field goal formation and and what your plan of attack was and just just kind of walk us through everything step by step. Well, uh, going into the the last block, I mean the uh, block, uh, we had line up and I had a bunch of things racing in my mind but then they called a timeout and we were able to recuperate figure some things out and uh, figure out who uh, you know the plan of attack and once I, uh, once we did and the whole the whole time I was just like I gotta get uh, somebody gotta make a play one of us gotta make a play either I gotta make a play and I just remember the snap of the ball, me and Marcel. We got a really good push on the guy in front of us, and I happened to sneak through and just throw my hand up. And at first, I didn't even feel it until the whole the whole stadium went crazy, and 
And I realized I blocked. I was like, oh, man. And I just took off running. ripped my helmet off. <laughs> <Never been. laughs> <laughs> That's amazing that you didn't even feel it. You, you, so you ended up blocking. You blocked two kicks in that game. Before that, had you ever, ever blocked a field goal attempt? Um, in junior college, I did. And high school. Blocked a few in high school. But never in that big of a stage. <laughs> what was it like in the locker room? After the game? Yes. Uh, well, in the locker room, uh, I'm still waiting to this day to get my cigar. I still never got a cigar that night. <laughs> That's horrible. Which is crazy. You know, I know, right? I never got a cigar. I get back in because I had a... I had a bunch of things I had to do afterwards. Um, like everybody was trying to get an interview from me on the field. And once I got back in the locker room, it was only like four guys in the locker room. The trainers were already packing up. I see everybody with cigars. I was like, where the cigars at? And I didn't have one in my locker. But nothing. I'm like, how in the hell do <laughs> the guy who saved the game doesn't get a, get a damn uh, cigar? <laughs> And so I'm still we waiting on We got one for you. We got one for you right now if you want to come by and see you. Oh, oh, man, I'll definitely take it. Hey, hey uh, Terrence Cody is our guest here on Big Noon Sports from R&R Cigar Mansion. You know, y'all were heavily favored going into that game. Um, was there a point in the first half or something that you went, whoa, these volunteers came to try and punch us in the jaw? Um, I think it was that second quarter is when I realized they weren't playing around. They actually came to win. And because the offense, they, they were moving the ball, but we weren't able to get in the end zone. And that was very off because we had been scoring almost at will that whole season. And then we had a lot of guys kind of banged up. I was even banged up because um, I uh, I had uh, sprained my AC joint, so like the last three weeks, I was getting a shot before the game, so I can actually play in the game. Terrence, they, uh, they definitely you know, play. Terrence, you were uh, on the 2008 team, and then the 2009 team that ended up winning the national championship. What was the difference? What what got you guys over the hump? in 2009 uh, to win that national title? Um, I think me personally, I think it was that loss that we took the SEC championship loss and that uh, that Utah loss. I think that's what really gave us that fire to like to never go through that again because those were some sour losses we took and we took those. We took those as like you know, learning, learning games, and we never wanted to be like that again because that wasn't ourselves. Granted, you know, I'd say for beat us for sure that game, but that Utah loss was very, very nasty because we didn't play that play our best ball that day. But I think that's what you know gave us that edge just going into the off season and wanting to get better and. And um, work on some things that we all needed to work on. Terrence. Amity. 
times a week does somebody come up and go, man, I remember what you did against Tennessee? <laughs> Since I've been back, I probably get it like three or four times a week. I hear everybody's story about where they were and not a block coach build up. So how many selfies do you think you've taken with these people? <laughs> huh? That's, really, that's a joke question. How many selfies do you think you've taken with all these people? <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I probably lost count. Terrence, a uh, friend of mine just asked me to ask you about your bus rides with Coach Saban. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Um, ask about what was that again? Sorry, oh, bus, bus rides. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so going into um my first year, you know, my first year away, and we had been on like I think it was like the third game, second or third game, and I asked the guy, I said, "Why nobody sitting next to coach?" He was like, "Why you want to sit next to coach?" I'm like, "Man, coach, look, he looked lonely up there, man." So one night. We, I forget who we played, and we got on the bus to go to our movie, and I just sat next to him, and and we just started talking, because he gave me the look. Once I sat next to him, he just looked at me like, like, what are you doing? But then after that, we just started talking. I was chopping up with him, and, and we were winning, and... and one time, like later on in the year, I decided to sit in the back. And <laughs> so I walked back in the back of the bus to sit with some of my teammates. And everybody gets on the bus. He, I see him in the corner of my eye. He stands up, looking in the back of the bus. And he's like, 6'2", you don't want to sit next to me? I'm like... Oh, no, no, no. Coach, that's not done. I thought you wanted some space today. He was like, no, I'll get your butt up there. Like, you don't want to sit with me no more. <laughs> so I, I, think, uh, yeah, I think he was very superstitious. You know, Terrence, uh, it's no secret that you're, uh, you're, a, you're a big guy. Uh, did, would Coach Saban kind of have to uh, get in the squish <laughs> in the corner? Uh, what did they paint a picture of that for us? Um, I kind of... I kind of like, um, I gave him his space, so it was it was a nice little gap in between us. I kind of like my leg and stuff would hang out on the side because then at the front of the bus, there ain't really much leg room, so I would kind of lean my left left um, leg out on the side to where like, I'm kind of like halfway on the side of the seat. But yeah, at first I was, I felt like I was, I was, um, Taking up too much of the space. The front seat wasn't that big. Yeah, and speaking of that, I actually I wanted to ask you this: What is it like for you to fly on an airplane when there's no first class or you have extra space? Oh man, that's one of the most miserable rides I take when I can't get any leg room space, like the exit seat or anything like that. So Definitely what did you learn from Nick Saban that wasn't football related? Um, it was more so, um, more so what I learned is like, you know, life after football because, you know, he always preached 
to us about getting our degree because that's the only one of football is the bonus part. But the reason we needed to get that education, I felt like, you know, that was one of my things. That's why I ended up staying for another year was to finish my education and, and compare myself to when football is over and have a plan of what I want to do for the rest of my life. Let me give everyone the information about your appearances this weekend. And you can help me out. I know you're going to be at the Bumper Nets of the Galleria. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get the exact times here. If you've got them. But let's see. You'll be at Bumper Nets from 12 to 1. So pre-kickoff. That's perfect. That place is... Homer owns that place. Really good guy. Uh, oh, yeah, really that's good That's the Galleria. Yeah, Homer's, he's a good guy. And, like, he's like a senior Olympian in ping pong. Unbelievable. But um, you'll be there from noon until 1. That's in the Galleria bumper nets. And yep. then after Alabama beats Tennessee, from 6 to 8, you will be at 10 Roof. That's, like, yep. down over there in the lakeside area, right? Lars, yep. you know yes, all sir. these little pubs, don't you? Oh yeah, love Tin Roof. Uh, it's a great place, and yep. I'm sure they'll be really excited uh, to see to see Terrence. Um, hey, hey, Terrence, I wanted to ask you. You know, coming out of junior college, you really had uh, a lot of schools offering you scholarships in Tennessee, Ole Miss, Florida State, Alabama. Why, why did you choose to uh, go with uh, Nick Saban? Um, they they brought me in for they brought me in for a visit. It was just you know just a plain visit, and I came up and I think they were playing Georgia that night at a home game. And the first the first half was looking rough and stuff. I was like, man, they you know they might lose. Came out the second half because uh, DJ Wall was still there and a couple other guys, and it was like a whole new team and like. And the stadium was just like just going crazy. The fans were just like all in it. And they came back, put it in over there, ended up going in like double overtime that game. And they lost. But I, it was just like the atmosphere of that game that kind of like made up my mind right then and there. I was like, I think I want to go here. Terrence, uh, uh, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, I was no, just saying, just you know, wanted after to that. <laughs> Terrence, I wanted to that. Beg, a, mm-hmm. beg a few more minutes. Can you hang through a break and talk to us? I know that's an awkward position to put you in on air, but is there a chance you, we haven't gotten into your professional career? I'd like to talk about that. Do you have another 10 minutes? Yeah, I do. All right. I, I appreciate you doing that very much because I know that wasn't the original plan with Ron and all the people that are putting together these appearances for you so hey let's take a break on big noon sports and when we continue we will uh we'll talk more with mount cody terrence cody that's coming up as we broadcast live from r and r cigar mansion come by have a victory cigar i'm having a cup of coffee right now so you can come by have some coffee have a beer have a bourbon you're listening to big noon sports Ah, the best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. 
R&R Cigar Mansion. Come by. Got the show on the road here. Got some cigars and several other things. If you uh, if you want to have a libation, they've got anything of your choice in there. So drop by and see us. We're on 6th, just down from, well, this is downtown Tuscaloosa. I'll bet Terrence Cody knows where it is. If not, we're going to make sure he gets over because he is owed. I'm thinking um, the University of Alabama owes you a cigar for every year. So what are we looking at? 13, 14 cigars? <laughs> Yep, I think so. <laughs> hey, Terrence, I was I was reading a little bit here. I don't know what kind of depth you want to go into on this subject, but I found it intriguing because obviously you have gone on to have a very very successful career. You're a great guy, good man, but growing up was kind of tough for you, wasn't it? We were like one of seven children, and if I'm reading this correctly, there were a couple times. Maybe you got a little off track. What straightened you out? Um, I think it was it was like my junior year in high school is when I kind of um. That's when I realized I had to get my get myself together, get things together because I didn't want to I didn't want to not not do anything for my life and like not have anything to show what I've done and. The road I was going down wasn't good, and so I, you know, finally something clicked, and I just had to get things together. And I got my grades back together and got back on the field. And it was, you know, it was, you know, everything was basically good after that. It was just, you know, once I got my head on straight, I was just success after success just piling up so you know unfortunately I you know I, I really don't look at it as a bad thing I think going to junior college was the best thing for me around that time to, to make me mature even more Terrence, uh, several years ago uh, actually wow it was about a decade ago I was writing a story on Alabama Nick Saban and I was talking to Josh Chapman, and Josh was the first person, I believe, that Nick Saban offered a scholarship to when uh, Nick arrived in Tuscaloosa. And what how Josh recounted the conversation that he had with Nick Saban, his original conversation, was that everything we do starts with the nose tackle. Everything we do starts right there. Can you, playing that position yourself, can you kind of just ex explain that? Why the, the, the nose tackle in Nick Saban's defense is so critical? I, because, it's um, you know, it's the middle of the defense. And that has, to me, like when I, how I look at it, that is probably like the anchor of your defense. So if your nose guard and middle linebackers on on par with each other and stuff, like they, they basically are the defense. And you know, around that time, a lot of it was a lot of running. So it was a lot of in between in between the guard runs and stuff. And um, and in that three four defense, that's that's like the like the heart of the defense. So I think that's why it's so important to have. A stout nose that can hold double teams and 
do the dirty work. Like just somebody that's you know he basically does the dirty work on the defense. And if your middle linebacker can run around free and make plays and do all that, then you know it's all is the best thing. Terrence, how's Alabama compare, or just kind of give us your overall thoughts on Alabama's D line? If you take a minute, talk about the offensive line too, because it seems to be very honest with you, Terrence. There's been, there's been some struggles on both sides. It has, it has, but as of lately, they're all coming together. I guess they're finding their identity as a as a group, and. You know, you probably got guys who try to do too much and not focus on themselves or what they have to do. So, but as of lately, I, I will say like they're actually playing together as a as a unit, a whole unit now. So, you got the D line, the linebackers playing well, and if they're playing well, then the line, the safeties will play well. The safeties in the corners. Sure. Terrence, you were uh, were drafted in, in the second round by the Ravens. How did uh, playing for Nick Saban prepare you for for the Ravens? And and what was the biggest difference making the jump from uh, the SEC Alabama to the NFL? Um, honestly, I think you know the Ravens have like the same mentality as Coach Saban. How they run their, how the defense is and, and how they want the team to, to be. And I think it was the same, I think it was the same thing. So all that was, I was already used to that. And like playbook wise, you know, they run a lot of stuff that Coach Saban run and they actually came down to, um, Tuscaloosa a few times to get plays from Coach Saban and figure out some things figure out new things to run and disguise their defense. So it was kind of the same thing. So it didn't take me long at all to um, to get a uh, to learn the playbook. It didn't take me at all. It was actually easy for me. Terrence Cody is our guest. Big Noon Sports from R&R, the Cigar Mansion, downtown Tuscaloosa. Terrence, was there a wow uh, you know, one of those uh, wake me up. I'm actually in the NFL. Was there a play or a moment that you remember? Wow, I'm a professional football player. Uh, I have to say, um, in training camp, when I it was my turn to to do the rookie little rookie hazing thing. So I mean, it was it was a form of hazing. They'll make they'll make you stand up. In the in the, where the cafeteria where we were eating at during training camp, that make you stand up, and you had to sing a whole song and stuff. <laughs> and it was my turn after like three or four days, and but building up to those three or four days, I didn't know what to sing because everybody was singing the songs that I was thinking about singing. And once it was my turn, I stood up in the chair, and I told you had to say your name, what round you were picked. And what, how much did you sign for? So I did all that stuff. And the only song that I came to my mind was the, uh, the Tony the Tiger song from the Frosted Plate. That's the only song I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> so I started thinking, I don't know. 
I sung the whole song, and Ray Lewis and all those guys, they were, they were like dying laughing in the cafeteria. And they were like, did he just sing the Frosty Flakes song? <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that time, I was like, yep, I, I, I'm, I'm in the NFL. <laughs> Terrence, uh, Matt and I are, we're good buddies, uh, with Antonio Langham. Uh, I'm sure you know Antonio. Everybody knows Antonio. Uh, and, and he is frequently, uh, mistaken for George Teague as the guy who stripped the ball, uh, from the Miami receiver in the Sugar Bowl. Does anybody mistake you for Marcel Darius as the one who delivered the hit on Colt McCoy in the uh, national championship game? Sometimes. They was like, you were the one who hit Colt, right? I was like, no, 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 it's myself. It's myself. I have to tell, I have to remind people about that. So he was, he's 57, I'm 62. It, it, what was it like playing Did alongside Marcel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, me and, me and Marcel were roommates and stuff our first, our first year. And, man, it was just, it, it was... Me and him on the same side, we used to wreak a lot of havoc in practice and in the game. And it was just, you know, I, I, once he, once, uh, Marcel, like, it was a little, it was, some plays were a little, a little hard to remember because, you know, he, he played more snaps than I did. So I would come out on third down, but it's a lot of things. That would be a little confusing because he would have to drop with the tight ends on certain plays and stuff. But once he got a grasp of the whole playbook, I mean, he, he started becoming his own player. All right. Uh, I'm going to plug your appearances again on Saturday. But final question, just catch up the Alabama fans that are listening to us on Big Noon Sports. What are you doing these days? Well, I'm, I'm starting to get back into coaching. Um, I came, I was down in Dora um, last year. I helped out down there with my buddy Travis Williams down at Dora High School. And right now I'm just in the process of looking for somewhere else to coach kind of full time. Well, it's been a real blast to talk to you. Safe travels up here and... Um, I'll get this to break, and I'll tell everybody where they can see you on Saturday. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Terrence. Have a great afternoon and weekend. And Thank you, Terrence. This is great stuff. Oh, I've got the dates and the times for his appearances this Saturday, and I'll give those to you on the other side of the break. We might also do our picks on the other side of the break. See if Lars is still operating at an amazing 75% win against the spread streak. I just, that's, he's getting some, he's getting some inside information, Reagan. I feel that. We'll be back on Big Noon Sports, by the way. Come by and see us. Got to get a cigar for Terrence Cody. But, um, we are broadcasting live from R&R, the Cigar Mansion, downtown Tuscaloosa. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m., the Martin Houston Show. As we take on the Tennessee Vols, we have our score prediction contest with the Bama total rushing yards as the tiebreaker. We'll also have our player of the game candidates 
We'll look at keys to victory. We'll have those conversations as more as the Alabama Crimson Tide seek to keep their winning streak alive in Bryant-Denny Stadium right here on the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon. The chance of a few passing showers through tonight. The high today, 72. Tonight's low, 55. For tomorrow, showers ending early in the day. The sky becoming partially sunny. The high, 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. And we're broadcasting live from R&R, the Cigar Mansion, downtown Tuscaloosa on the 6th. We're on the patio. I mean, this porch is just fantastic. Reminds me of where I grew up, where uh, my home was. Uh, man, our, our house is beautiful. It wasn't real big, but it had a wraparound porch that just kicked it. And there's one right here with a cigar and a glass of bourbon or whatever you choose as your libation. And it doesn't even have to be that either. Just drop by and see us. Just one more mention, and uh, sure was good to talk to Big Terrence Mount Cody. Saturday, from noon until 1, he will be at Bumper Nets, the River Chase Galleria. Then later, after the Alabama-Tennessee game, Cody will be from 6 to 8 at 10 Roof, 
which is um, in the south side, lake side, uh, lake view area. And that's a fabulous place. I've been there, eaten there, and that'd be a good place to drop by and see him. He'll be there for two hours, largely. Yeah, hey, we're uh, here hanging with uh, Reagan, the owner of R&R Cigars. And, you know, before we get into picks, and maybe we'll even push this to the second hour, Reagan, just t- give us the history of, of, of how you uh, acquired this beautiful mansion and the idea behind uh, creating R&R Cigars, which is absolutely my favorite place in Tuscaloosa to hang out. I'm not just saying that. I swear it, it totally is. Yeah, I mean, where else are you going to be able to do a radio show sitting outside on a beautiful porch on a sofa hanging out? And I don't know. You don't have a bourbon yet, so I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, is it eating? noon yet? Oh, it is noon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. It, After this. It's, it's, what do you mean? Is it noon? It's big noon. It's <laughs> That's right. I, I should know the time. Yeah. Um, no. So um, in 2012... Uh, we opened up. We were on university. We had a little uh, house over there. And um, it was actually like a total kind of flute. It was a. It was just kind of... I took a wrong turn. And we were looking for a new place. And I came down... Uh, I came down 27th. I saw this mansion that had a four lease sign out front. And I was like, man, that would be really, really cool uh, for, a, for our cigar shop. Um, and so we, we rented it for a year and then we ended up buying it. And, uh, then throughout the years, it slowly became the mansion. Um, you know, and it's just, uh, it, it's, it's what, so we're in our, we're in our 12th year now and, um, big 18 wheeler driving by. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been crazy. Uh, to see how much everything's changing, you know, like we just redid the porch, um, and I mean, just all the different things we put the bar in earlier this year, um, so that's new. And I mean, everything, everything, every time, some, every time people come in, uh, especially this week, they're always talking about, oh, you guys are changing around since the last time I was, I've been in here. I was like, well, you're here a year ago, so a lot of stuff changed, but it's every year here. It's always something new. It's always we're always trying to evolve. We're always trying to do something new, you know, keep it to keep it fresh and not, you know, stale. You know, to me the most impressive thing about you, it's not that you have your law degree. Yeah. It's that you chose not to practice law. My dad is a lawyer yeah. and uh there was just no way I was going into law. Just explain, like, okay, why did you go to law school? Yeah. And does your law school degree help you in your day-to-day running of uh, of the mansion here? Yeah, um, I actually I did want to I did want to be a lawyer. I I wanted to go and do. Uh, I actually wanted to be uh, a JAG officer. Um, you know, I, that was what I wanted to do. Yeah, my dad was Navy Jag. Yeah, that's, that's yep. what I wanted to be a Navy Jag. Um, you know, and uh, and uh, I wanted to do that. That wasn't in the cards for me. And um, you know, and I figured out like halfway through law school, I was like, I really don't want to practice law. Um, you know, and but it was I was too far into it. You know, you can't just. I, I was I was not about to quit a year and a half in. I'd already made it through the hardest parts. Um, and and so when I graduated, my dad and I were sitting at home in Hoover, 
uh, and he goes, well, like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, well, well, you know, we always talk about opening a cigar store. So, you know, we're like, why don't we, why don't we finally open R&R? And so I moved here and did it. And, uh, I mean, this, the law degree, I think it helps, you know, like I, 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 I love, I'm really proud of my law degree and, you know, and, and all that, um, you know, but, uh, I think it helps, you know, in this city, sometimes it gets more frustrating because it's like, Hey, you know, here's what the law says. And then yeah. we're going to just do whatever we want to anyway. And it's my, like, okay. my, my dad wanted me to go to law just, or yeah. go to law school just because of the logic it teaches you and, and how to how to uh, assess different situations and different problems. But uh, another really cool aspect of R&R is the fact that you and your dad are here every day. Yeah. And it's a totally, it, 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 it creates uh, this family atmosphere, yeah. which is so cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you think that it's cool that, like, me and Randy are here every day. I think there might be some people take issue with like me being here every day, but um, who would that be? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Know. I'm just. No, I'm just saying. It's nice to hear. You know, <laughs> we like seeing you and your dad. You know, it's like okay, good. I'm glad people like seeing that. Um, yeah, I mean everything. Everything about R and R is really about family. I mean, you know, it's going to be even more important for me with 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 my two kids. As they grow up, you know, they'll probably grow up all around running around on the porch. And uh, Raina loves to come up here because she gets to see her boom boom. That's my dad. She gets to see her boom boom. And he takes her for walks and rides right down to the Capitol Park. And they have they have a great time every time they're every time they're out and about. Um, but, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's always been about me and my mom and my dad and then Leslie and now Riker and Raina. Um, I don't think that'll ever change. And of course they start mowing the grass yeah. right across the street. Um, you know, I... Uh, the reason I wanted to not the reason I the reason I didn't want to uh, do picks right now is because I want to savor this a little bit because yeah. it's unbelievable. I was able to maintain my seventy five percent winning percentage. I'm at twenty one right. and seven right. overall. Okay. Reagan now, oh boy, he's dropped down to fourteen and fourteen. Yeah. Matt, you're at fifteen and eleven. I need to uh, go to Vegas, but uh, uh, anybody who's listening and if you're a bookie. Hey, hit me up. I can help you out and steer you in the right direction. But we're going to get back with Reagan uh, next hour and uh, go over our picks for this upcoming weekend in college football. Go ahead, Reagan. I'm really, I'm really glad that you know you make all these picks, but you still don't know about the two two finger technique <laughs> on the mouse track to get so like you know nice. scrolling on the scrolling on the computer real challenge for you but picking I know and I got a floppy (laughs) microphone too yeah yeah well you know alright FCC here we come (laughs) Mark what is it about you and lawn maintenance anywhere you go somebody's gonna start it it, 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 it follows me everywhere yeah yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta trim those bushes that's what you got to uh, get to our top of the hour break. Chris Walsh from Bama Central Sports Illustrated will be with in just a moment. I'm going to have to go throw some water on those two as they sit on the porch. This is Big Men Sports presented by Hades Hansen, Union Home Mortgage. 
Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wire. Major League Baseball postseason resumes today. Game three of the NLCS between the Phillies and Arizona Diamondbacks will get going at 5 o'clock Eastern. Ranger Suarez and Brandon Fott scheduled to take the hill for their respective teams. The Phillies ahead in this series two games to none after a 10-0 beatdown of the Diamondbacks on Tuesday evening. In the American League, the ALCS Game 4 set to get going at 8 o'clock Eastern. The pitching matchup for that will be Jose Urcudi versus Andrew Haney. The Rangers leading the series two games to one after the Astros won Game 3 last night, 8-5. to five. They have now won nine of the last ten road games in the playoffs. Thursday night football tonight, Ed Woodard of ESPN saying that Doug Peterson has indicated Trevor Lawrence will play against the Saints pending a pregame workout and running back Jamal Williams expected to be activated tonight. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It is indeed Big Noon Sports. We're very pleased to be joined by Chris Walsh, 
the founder, organizer, top dog, Big Cheese. What's it they used to say? Uh, chief cook and bottle washer. That's what you are. Chris, how are you, man? I'm, I'm good. I thought it was uh, kind of funny listening uh, to the ads coming in that there's a cigar shop that's uh, advertising this week on, on the Tuscaloosa uh, um, radio station that's airing you today. So uh, kind of funny. That's where uh, we little are. fitting this week, obviously. That's where yeah. we are, actually. Yeah, yeah. We're right here on... Uh, oh, you're, you're doing it live? Yeah, we're yeah. live. You I, need to come by. Have, have I a, did not know that. I, I apologize. Cigar. No, we'll put it in the top of the hour. I hadn't had a ch- chance to explain, but no. We're going to be at R&R until uh, 2 and maybe after. But there you anyway, there you uh, how are you? How are the kicks? How the, how is, uh, how's everything going in your world? We hadn't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. It's, um, um, it's been, you know, kind of hectic a uh, couple of weeks for me, but what else is new? And I, I hope everyone is doing well and trying to avoid all these bugs that are going around and everything. But... Uh, you know, season progresses, and um, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I'm just thankful when it when it finally cools down a little bit. Um, I, October to me is a really great month, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of fall. You know, I am too. Uh, I am, and I've lived in the South all my life. But uh, the summers even get to me. Some people say you get used to it. I never have. Hey, Chris, I want to talk about something other than football. Of course, we're going to get into that because we got to talk. It's it's hate week. But um, we talked at length about basketball yesterday because they're about to play. They're practicing. It sneaks up on me because they start so much earlier. What's Alabama, what can fans expect from this year's edition of Nate Oaks team? You know, yesterday was SEC Media Day for basketball, right. which I'm tr- sure you guys were talking about at length. And uh, it was interesting to kind of see, you know, Nate Oates is getting back into, you know, his kind of normal routines, if you will. It's it's after everything that happened last year with the shooting and all. I, I don't want to say he was off limits, but it was definitely different, you know. Uh, and Alabama was much more guarded in what they what they said, and they you know they needed to be. Let's 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 be frank. Um, and I mean, I, I sat there the whole time wondering, it's just how much of an emotional toll everything took on him last year because it had to be just, um, you know, just unreal, you know. And that team for it to come together and be the number one seed going to the NCAA tournament was pretty remarkable. I mean, and and I don't think that. They get near enough credit for what what they accomplished. I think so, too many people are focused on oh they lost the Sweet Sixteen. Um, but you know, having said that, now here you go. You have a team that all new assistant coaches lost two first round draft picks in the draft, two other key key guys transferred, um, all sorts of new names and faces. Now that's not. Uh, you know, the, the roster turnover is pretty much becoming the norm everywhere in college football or in college basketball. It's because of the transfer portal. It's it's like taking an etch a sketch every single year and okay, let's shake it and see where everything ends up. Um, but the assist- <laughs> That's a great the uh, the assistant coaches though is gonna be kinda huge. And those guys learning to work together and and you know, you, you know, how guys how that all those relationships develop, that's gonna take time. But 
you know, having said that, he hired a couple of really good guys, you know, as assistant coaches. So uh, I think when we get into the season, we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching. We're going to see them trying different things, especially during the non-conference part of the schedule. Uh, they've got some really impressive uh, slash tough games, um, you know, that, that they have coming up. I mean, like, they're going to play Purdue, which is, I think, number two in the, in the AP Top 25. Um, they're going to get them uh, up in Canada, and then they're going to, you know, they're going to play Arizona in Phoenix. Um, so we're going to get a pretty good test on this team. But you know, the fact that they're even ranked, I you got to tip your hat a little bit to, you know, to, to Nate Oates because that kind of turnover normally people are just like, nah, there's no way. Um, I, I think they're going to be in the fight this year. It's just a matter of how long it takes for it to come together. Chris, uh, you're like me. Uh, you ain't from around here. Uh, when did you gather an appreciation for Alabama-Tennessee rivalry? Uh, probably when Roman Harper put his helmet on that ball that went through the end zone. So that's, wow. um, that's when it kind of clicked for me. I was like, yeah, that's okay. Um, this, this, it, I knew it was a big deal, but, um, you know, and it's, the thing is, is, like, you talk to Alabama fans, um, a lot of the younger ones, you say, you know, who, you know, what's the biggest rivalry? And they're like, oh, it's Tennessee. It's like, well, why? It's like, well, because they pointed a finger at us. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, what are you doing wrong? And they kind of changed the subject. Um, <laughs> I, traditional rivalry, I think it, it's, you gotta say Alabama's biggest rivalry is Auburn, but it's, it's, yeah, it's Alabama, Tennessee. This isn't gonna change, you know, and I don't care how many times Alabama beat Tennessee in a row. I mean, like that game last year up in Tennessee, they wanted that so badly. Those fans were foaming at the mouth, you know, through the whole game. They were going that crazy, um, throughout. And I mean, that was just an unbelievable atmosphere. And I don't think, you know, I, I got really mad when it's, you know, you had these people like, oh, they lost to Tennessee. You know, you got to downgrade Alabama. It's like, there's a good team in the nation that would have won there. You know, I don't, I don't care what was going on. It was that crazy. Um, and I think really it, it's very strange for me to, to say that the only person I really heard saying that was Urban Meyer, of all people. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, okay. So the intensity is still there. I mean, I, it's, it's obviously the rivalry's been rekindled a bit. Um, you know, how far we go, we'll kind of see. But, I mean, Tennessee's got a really good coach. And uh, the volunteers are, are never going to go anywhere. And Alabama's never going to go anywhere. They're going to be in each other's face every single year. Chris, usual question. I should have uh, had Justin Jones ask you beforehand. Can you hang with another segment here? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, if you if you can't, man, just say so. It's not a big deal. I'm, jo I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is a big deal. We want to keep you. Please, please. All right. Uh, we are at R&R &R Cigar Mansion right here, here on 6th in downtown Tuscaloosa. We've got uh, the perfect, mild... You know, something rather robust. Kind of depends on your mood, doesn't it? You can come by and select yours for today, tomorrow, and then Sunday afternoon, early evening. I hope I'm smoking one, too.
You're listening to Big Noon Sports from R&R, and we'll be back with more of Chris Walsh from Sports Illustrated, Bama Central. Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon. The chance of a few passing showers through tonight. The high today, 72. Tonight's low, 55. For tomorrow, showers ending early in the day. The sky becoming partially sunny. The high, 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More big noon sports coming up. Many at R and R Cigar Mansion here on Sixth in downtown Tuscaloosa is they have individual kind of smoke rooms, and of course there's that wonderful porch that wraps around this mansion. But these individual rooms, I, I'm in one that has the lockers. You know, you can get your individual lockers, and then there is a bar area. Then there are two other rooms, and as I said, the outside. It's uh. When I walk in the door here, I just feel relaxed. So, there you have it. Chris, next time we'll give you a little advance notice so you can come down here and see us and maybe enjoy a a highball and a cigar. But we're talking Alabama, Tennessee from a cigar shop. That's uh, pretty clever on our part, don't you think? Hey, what do you think (laughs) about this game, and what does Alabama have to do or not do in order to take down Tennessee? Uh... You know, the turnovers is going to be big in this one because I'm not really convinced that Tennessee can move the ball the greatest. Granted, Alabama can't move it like it did last year either. But, um, you know, home this this is a game where home field is going to be pretty important, I think. And, and, uh, Tennessee's been having some struggles lately. Uh, I mean, they've got this quarterback. You see him throw a ball normally, and you're just like, wow, but... It just the offense isn't, hasn't been clicking, you know. Um, the pass rush for for Tennessee is is obviously a concern, especially considering the problems that that Alabama has had. But um, I, I, I like Alabama in this one. Um, I you know it, it's it's a must win. They got to win it. It's it, it, that simple. Especially after you know the the way last year's game ended up. Uh, I I fully expect Tennessee you know to. Uh, you know, go down with a fight, if you will. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna scrap as much as they can. But uh, I think Alabama's just got a little too much for for the balls. Chris, it's odd to say that uh, the most important player in this game is an offensive lineman, but I, I exactly that's exactly what I think. Uh, it, it's it's Caden Proctor, uh, Alabama's left tackle. Nick Saban said earlier this week that he's not going to make any major movements by taking Latham. Uh, potentially all-American right tackle, put him to left. He's he's sticking with uh, Proctor as the starter. And uh, as we've sort of, you know, been discussing it this week, you know, he's a true freshman. He's from Iowa. And, uh, you know, uh, you and I both spent time in the Midwest. And let's just be honest, the level of high school football in the Midwest is not what it is in the Southeast. And do you think that is a contributing factor as to why, uh, Caden has just come out a little bit slow and 
and uh, and, and is, is just maybe struggling to adjust to the to, to the speed of the SEC. You know, I I I don't know what it is. You know, to be honest, like earlier this season, the snaps from the center, we're sitting there going, "What the heck is going on?" Um, and I honestly think in that case. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of an injury was was a factor that uh, Alabama was kind of being quiet about. Um, that that's my best guess. Um, but also, it's you've got a new center working with a, a new quarterback and so forth, and there's some different cadence. You got to get used to stuff. The crowd noise, blah 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 blah. Um, Proctor, it's it's asking a lot for a true freshman to step in and be the left tackle. Now, granted, this kid is going to be amazing you know um and he's also the starting left tackle because they probably don't have a better option at left tackle so um you know you you have to kind of sit there and weigh that in in consideration and also you know i don't know how many times i've seen like it's like okay here comes a blitz of what is the running back doing and okay boom you know um plus you have a quarterback who likes to be you know mobile you know and and one of the one of the things that I noticed, I can't remember which team it was, it was a couple games ago, but they noticed his tendency to run to the right and they actually blitzed into the hole, you know, figuring he was gonna run into it. Sure enough, they got a sack out of it. It was like, okay. Uh I, I don't think there's just one simple thing that we can sit there and point to. Um but yeah, youth and, and inexperience is definitely a factor and, and and you know, it's when you it the rule used to be every single true freshman you have in the starting lineup will usually translate to a loss at some point in the season. It's it's no longer quite that way because there are more freshmen playing, but it takes a while. I mean, um, like with transfers even, experienced guys coming in, learning a new system, it takes a while. Um, it, I, the guys that they got there are, are going to be terrific. I have no doubt about that. It's just they're kind of struggling to get to where they want to be. Do you think that... Uh part of Alabama's woes here in 2023 has to do with the massive amount of coaching changes Saban had to do. Uh, Alabama has no woes. Come on. <laughs> this is a woe-free zone. No. Um, <laughs> woe-free zone. We, we all know Alabama fans aren't happy unless they're complaining about something. Let's be honest. Um, okay. With that disclaimer, uh, yeah, it's a factor. It's it, it's always a factor, um, and I, I think it's it's an underrated thing that that people don't quite you know take into consideration and, and quite get. I mean, it's these guys spend the whole year working on these game plans and putting this stuff all together, and you know, trying to figure out how they're going to attack each other, and they all know each other, you know, but it's the coaches and the players, the relationships takes time. Um, you know, you, you sit there and you talk to a, a, you know, best example of this is like a quarterback coach. You know, some guy works with someone for a couple of years and then he becomes a starter and then he knows exactly what, you know, what this guy likes to, to run and what he's going to be really good at versus okay, here's a new offensive coordinator, here's a new, our new quarterback, good luck. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge difference and uh, you know, I Kind of, I've been banging this 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 drum all season long. You know, I was doing it during the off season too. It's it's like this is going to be a team 
that is going, you know, we're going to see them at the beginning of the year. What we see at the end of the year are going to be two completely different things. It's going to, it's going to be team. This is a team that needs to develop. It needs time to come together. They've got too many new pieces at key spots. Um, you know, thankfully they have a really good defense that's, 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 you know, playing very well and, and they've got a lot of talent. They've got pass rushers, um, a lot of talent all over the place. But, uh, it's, it, this is, you know, we're now, it's Tennessee and then LSU. This is a key kind of two game stretch here where if they can get through this, um, with two wins, yeah, they're definitely back in the national championship picture. Um, I mean, they already are. And, and I wrote that, um, a, a week or two ago. Um, but it's, it's, if Tennessee, LSU, I don't care what year it is, you get those two wins, uh, back to back and, um, and it, you're, you're among the best in college football. Chris, do you find something kind of endearing about this team because it's flawed and because we don't know <laughs> what they're going to do week in and week out? And I, I tell my Alabama friends, hey, welcome to the rest of the world here. Uh, this is the way uh, every fan feels about their team uh, if living uh, outside of the, the borders of, of, of Alabama. I mean, I, I find this team to be uh, really one of the most intriguing, if not the most intriguing of the Saban era. What, what, what do you think of that? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. It, and, you know, I think Saban, I think Saban's enjoying this team because it's not easy. You know, they don't have all the answers. And they're working their way through stuff. And, I mean, that's when, you know, you know it's, it's so cliche. It's, you know, adversity, you know, fighting through adversity and, you know, you find out what you're made of kind of thing. But, I mean, just think about it like when, like, like even like if you're doing like a work project, you know, and if it's, if it just comes together and it's so easy and you're done, you just move on. You're like, yeah, okay, that was fine. But you have something that you put a lot of time and effort to and then it comes out and it's really good. That's the thing that you take a lot of pride into. It's, it's, it's very similar to that. So, and then, you know, they're also doing it in front of millions of people and, and, and so forth. So, um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're far from knowing, you know, it's, it's, you know, we always look back at teams where, you know, we just like this team was this and this team was that. It's, this team has a long way to go in determining its, its, its fate, its future, its destiny, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, like even if they do, if they happen to lose one of the next couple games, doesn't mean it was a bad team, you know. And, and I, I made that, that case last year. I mean, Alabama last year was arguably one, if not two plays away from being in the college football playoffs. Um, and I get people like, oh, it was, it was so disappointing. I was like, are you kidding me? It, that's a, you know, that's a spoiled fan. Um, so yeah, I think this is, this season has been a little bit of a reality check for a lot of Crimson Tide fans. And, and let's be honest, they probably needed it. All right. Million dollar question. <laughs> Just for you. Million dollar band. By the way, y'all know how they got their name? Just to suddenly take a U-turn here? Yeah, the, no idea. you know, okay. yeah, it was a comment and, uh, you know, um, I, I do know it. I just, I'm, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Um, anyways, go ahead and tell it. So. Well, I, I, it may have been, um, back in the Birmingham news. Golly, this could have gone back to the, who's the world? 
renowned sports writer, uh, Grantland Rice. I don't know. He may have said it. But Alabama was stinking up the field bad, which is rare in its own right. But um, one of the writers wrote, Alabama, I wouldn't give a dollar for Alabama's football team, but the band looked like a million bucks. I, I don't know. <laughs> I always thought that was cool. And, and it stuck. All right. Here's the question. You have have done such a superb job on behalf of Sports Illustrated Bama Central. And you have you've kind of built your little village here with a number of writers and all the sports that you cover. It's very cool. If Alabama was taken away from you and you couldn't do Bama Central, what other college football program would you try and do the very same thing for Oh, geez. I know he's, he's going to say Minnesota. He's going to say Minnesota, no. and he's going to bring up the fact that Minnesota beat Nebraska. Well, I don't have to now. Um. Like, like 10 years in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm trying to steal your thunder or minimize my pain. Actually, it's very weird that you're asking me this question right now because um, Foundation for... Uh, okay, we're part of Foundation, which is affiliated with Sports Illustrated, but, you know, I'm the owner of, of, of Bama Central and the publisher. And they've been asking me for a couple of years to um, um, take over some other sites, expand, if you will. And for two years, I've been like, no, you know, I, I need to focus on Bama Central. I need to, you know, we need, I need to get us to where, where we need to be and so forth. And uh, they came back recently and asked me if, I would have interest in another one, and I said, I think maybe the time is right to start looking at another team. Now, here's the thing. It's it's going to kill Lars, which one it is. <laughs> it's oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Did you say Missouri? Well, no. I, it's... it's uh, yesterday, I went to SEC Media Days, and I was talking to the Missouri folks, and uh, their basketball coaches really impressive i gotta say i I never spent much time around it before but um uh that that's what i was kind of splitting time yesterday doing and and um so but it's if this works we've already got a third site that we're looking at, at at taking over and hopefully elevating the coverage of um which is actually an nba site so it's uh my my role my responsibility is kind of changing a little bit i'm becoming more of a publisher wait i are we uh, we're breaking some news here, or you are? Uh, just to, to clarify, are you are you going to start uh, managing the Missouri Sports Illustrated site? Uh, probably. How interesting! Well, congratulations. I, that's what let, let me uh, let me yeah, know. If, really. Let me know if you need a writer. <laughs> yeah, <too>. or three. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only way I'm doing it. Hey. The only way I'm doing it is if we can do it at a high level. And I mean, I gotta, it, we gotta have boots on the ground, and I gotta find some people in Missouri. And, um, it's it's gonna be it, a very interesting challenge for me. And then I, I, yeah, I'm looking forward. I, to I hear it, they have so. a pretty good J school. I think yeah, you'll 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 find a lot of great great That's, writers there. And looking right for, there, you just put your, for you put work. Your, you put your finger on the whole thing right there is because, um, you know, Nick Kelly is an outstanding, outstanding beat writer for the Tuscaloosa News. He went to Missouri. When he graduated, he couldn't find a job. 
and and that's a problem that they're having there. And so I'm hoping that I could kind of step in and say, look, you know, we're looking for a couple people. Show me what you can do. And 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 I think oh, I think it's I think it's a good match. It's, so. You know, uh, and I Seth Wickersham at ESPN. Seth, yeah, yeah, Seth, Seth Wickersham at ESPN went to Missouri. Alec Lewis at the at uh, who's who's from Birmingham, and I've known Alec since he was in high school. Uh, he went to Missouri. Now at the Athletic, uh, man, you're gonna have the like, pick of the litter. I can't speak highly enough of uh, Missouri J School, although it's not quite as good as Columbia, but it's still pretty good. No, it's outstanding. It's, it's, they're, they're absolutely terrific. And, um, yeah, I've had friends over the years and, and, um, uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, this is going to be an interesting move for me in, in my career. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And, and we haven't quite finalized everything. So, but I'm on the verge. Good luck with it. Whatever you want, we want. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again in the next couple of weeks. Thanks. Is, is Lars crying over there? Is he kind of sitting there just tearing up a little bit? Because it's Missouri. Uh, yes, I am. I am. I am. Yeah, you can't believe me. I just, uh, I really, I, I need I need you in Lincoln, Nebraska. I need you in Lincoln, Nebraska. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll talk more about this, my friend. No, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and, um, hey, I have an interesting footnote on on Missouri and some other graduates. Um, it is an outstanding journalism school. They will the first ever have their own television station that was also over the air, public airwaves, commercial. Hey, back in the flash, we're at R&R Cigars, and also the picks are coming up on Big News Board. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama. Built for championships. Rose intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on Tennessee. Our coverage begins at 11.30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. From our home base. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee 
at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. If you reported what goes on during the break, you have the biggest selling movie in the history of the universe. Anyway, uh, aside from that, I just want, Lars, I want to let you know that the first school I sent an application to was, we've just been talking about them, Missouri. And for that very reason. University of Missouri. Their journalism school. Don Kouser, longtime yeah, long time. Uh, Don Couser, did you know him? He was in the uh, Post Herald, and then I think with the Birmingham News, maybe with AL.com. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And then uh, my longtime uh, buddy and uh, partner as an anchor when I was at Channel 13, Phil Rosen, was a Missouri guy. Both incredibly professional journalisms, journalism major and right now they're like you and i lars rolling over just rolling over and wonder what what we're seeing from our media okay there's my little speech for the day now we go to lars and to reagan lars if you're at 75 percent, where are we all right so here we go uh we need some intro music at some point justin we'll get that next week but uh yeah overall for the year i am at uh and this is against the spread i'm at 21 and 7 that is a nifty 75 percent winning percentage matt you are at 15 and 11 and reagan 14 and 14 what how does it feel to be the definition of mediocrity reagan you know what? I, I, you know, my, look, I'm winning at everything else. That's like, true. Like, you you are winning at life. <laughs> uh, me, me, not so much. Um, okay, so well, I don't want to. Do, I wasn't trying to be like. Uh, I wasn't trying to say your life is in shambles. Like I mean, like uh, you can say that. I, I wouldn't say no. I would never. <laughs> I, that's. Not, you no. would never imply that at That's all. That's not would what you? I was saying. That's not, I was saying I'm winning it. I might not win at picks, but at least I'm winning at like I was. That wasn't a personal diss. Mars. Like I know. I mean, you I know, know I had to large, teach you the large, you know, large, how large. to use the mouse track. Yes, know, yes, Matt. I'm trying to keep, keep the G rated this week, Matt. You know, I I don't want you to get in trouble. I know okay. you're over there. You are. It's large. Yes, it's not ahead. a bang. Yeah. All right. I think we've got it. We've got a major delay here that uh, we're going to work through. But I don't understand how he can be right. fourteen and fourteen, and I can be fifteen and eleven. There's a two game difference there if you do the math. He picked twenty eight. I picked twenty six. Oh yeah. My, yeah. My, my math might be a little off here. So. Um, okay. Here we go. Reagan first. Well, get, your first game. Y'all go uh, ahead. Ole Miss at Auburn. Yeah. Ole Miss at Auburn. Auburn is a six and a half point underdog. We'll start with you, Reagan. Yeah, um, you know, tough one because you know crazy things happen at Auburn, right? You know, uh, but still, I it's hard to bet against Ole Miss. 
Um, you know, touchdown. I, I just, I don't, I really don't think Auburn's very good. You know, um, I'm going with Ole Miss on this one. Matt, Ole Miss, Auburn. I Auburn think, is a. Yeah. Uh, After the way they played at LSU, they're going to come back. I cannot imagine what practice was like when you tell everybody that your team was playing like a bunch of zombies. Hugh Freeze is going to get on it. I'm going to take Auburn getting points at home. Okay, and I am going Ole Miss. I'm with Reagan on this one. Uh, I think uh, we saw who Auburn is last week. All right, this is a huge game in the Big Ten. Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Reagan. I'm actually I'm kind of all in on Penn State in the Big Ten. You know, big news dropping today that Jim Harbaugh is a cheater. Um, you know, shocker, a man who drinks milk when he eats steak out in public. Like, if you're going to drink milk with your steak, like, do it in the privacy of your home. You know, like, uh, nobody, nobody's going to say, you know, whatever you do at your house is what you do. But when you're in public, you're going to have a, have a, have a glass of milk with a steak. Come on. What are you doing here? Um, I really like Penn State this year. Uh, I think they have a quarterback that can take them all the way. Uh, um, to a Big Ten title, not like all the way, like, you know, like all the way, you know. Uh, they need a little extra. They might have to go get some extra help for that. Um, but uh, I do think that Penn State wins this game outright. Um, and I think that they, if they lose, they lose by four and a half or less. I am going Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State's going to flex their muscle and show the country that uh, they are right there with Michigan of being the best team in the nation right now. I think the top two teams in the country are Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, Matt, who are you going with here? Ditto. Ohio State, a four and a half. All right. Yes. Yeah, you would like talking about Yeah, that. Matt's going uh, Ohio State as well. As well. All right, uh, let's go out west. Utah is a seven-point underdog at USC. USC looked atrocious on Saturday night against Notre Dame, Reagan. Well, I mean, look, when, when, when the Mormons beat the Trojans, there's a joke there. There's some jokes there. There will be a lot of soaking over in Utah. Okay, uh, I am. I am. I'm here with the Mormons. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they don't. They don't you're, you're, you're riding. They don't have it. They don't have any need for Trojans over there. Um, so I am. I am absolutely with the the Utah seven points. Are you kidding me? Uh, USC just they still don't play defense and they just look awful versus Notre Dame and then this Caleb Williams kid I mean talk I mean all week long been a huge distraction talking about he wants equity in an NFL team um, I, I I don't know how they're not I don't know how USC's not like just tired of dealing with this guy he seems like an absolute prima donna. Um, and, you know, I think the magic started to rub off a little bit. So, you know, uh, maybe it'll rub off on the Mormons this weekend. All right. And so you're you're riding yeah. bareback with Utah. 
Okay. Buddy. I'm going Jumping USC. Matt, uh, I'm going USC. I'm going USC. Who are you taking here? Caleb Williams will bounce back. Caleb Williams will bounce back from that Notre Dame. Right, I'm not fond of me. Okay. either, by the way, Reagan. No. No, I, I he's, he's driving me nuts, too. All right, Alabama, nine-and-a-half point favorite at home against Tennessee Saturday afternoon. I'll go first. I am most definitely taking in Tennessee. They're not going to win the game, but I think they keep it close. And, uh, you know, this Alabama team, it is just so hard to uh, forecast what they're going to do week in and week out. One thing I know that they haven't been doing recently, and that's covering the spread. And so I am going Tennessee. Matt, before we get to Reagan, uh, he'll have the last word on this one. Matt, who do you like? Roll Tide. I need a cigar. All right, shocker. All right, Matt's going Alabama. Reagan. Well, I mean, what am I going to do? We're, we're the official cigar provider of the Alabama-Tennessee game. Okay. I went to practice yesterday. I got to see the practice live. I got to see these 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 young men, and I mean, they're they are they're they're impressive. It's it's so much more. It's like on TV is one thing, but then it's like you get there, that's, and it the TV really really hides the size. That's what I've always said too. Yeah. Uh, you just you can't appreciate how big these Alabama yeah. kids are until you're standing on the yeah. field. And what's really cool is when you see the other team come on the yeah. field for the first time and they realize, oh, my God, yeah. we got to play these dudes. Yeah. They're definitely, that's when Alabama went. Yeah, that's, so, that's when Alabama used to win games. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It's great. Uh, and, and they looked good yesterday. You know, everybody everybody there says, you know, like, man, we're, we're you know, it's a revenge game. And we all know how Nick Saban is in revenge games. Um, I, I think this one... I think they. I don't think they messed around in the third quarter. You know, I think. I think because you know, you look at what happened last week with Arkansas. You know, they tried to get a little cute in the third quarter. Uh, I think to try to shorten the game. And I think. I, I don't think that. I think they put them away, and I don't think that they stop anymore. I think that's that's the big issue between last week and this week is they had them put away, but they didn't. They took their foot off the gas, and I don't think they're going to do that this week because I don't think they want to get back into a situation where Tennessee can come back. So, Reagan, tell our tell our listeners again about the uh, Victory Cigars here at the R and R Mansion. Oh man, well we've got we've got a great spread here. Um, no, I I feel like I've walked through, I've gotten through the the the, the vault at Fort Knox, and yeah. I'm seeing not bars of gold, yeah. but bars of cigars. Yeah, boxes, I mean boxes. stacks of boxes, stacks of almost to the ceiling. Um, yeah, we've got all kinds of victory cigars. The smoking elephant, I think we've got like ten boxes of smoking elephant left. You can go to our website rnrcigars.com and use the promo code Big Noon. Uh, to get 20% off and free shipping if you're not local. If you're local, get on down here, 2703 6th Street. Uh, we've got cigars going all day tomorrow. Uh, Yay Alabama Vodka will be here um, from 3 to 6. And you can try the official vodka of Alabama NIL, uh, Alabama Athletics NIL, and get your official victory cigar from the official victory cigar headquarters of Alabama football. You know, Matt, he did that without even reading a script. 
I think he's got a photographic memory. Uh, Matt, take us on out. Thank you, Reagan. Well, Lars, we actually right, lost we'll, Matt, so... Okay, we're going to be... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's... Uh, uh, we'll be right back. Final segment, Big Noon Sports, live from R&R Cigars in T-Town. We'll be right back. It's back. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Our host, Reagan and Randy, R&R, Cigar Mansion, right here on 6th in Tuscaloosa. You know you're going to need them. You know you're going to want to smoke them. Come by. Grab a box full. Grab a handful. Just find your favorite stick. There's cigars everywhere here. Hey, let's go to our, our phones here at 205-342-9904. Dinon joins us. I think we missed you yesterday. I'm glad to get you on today. How you yeah. doing, Dino? Well, no, I, I shared a story with you about Cecil out there at the last moment when y'all were talking about the dress Oh, code. yeah, that's right. We did get together. you And no sooner I hung up, I remembered a story. I know Lars was doing this one. This was back when the new facility was just opened up, new indoor facility. And uh, we were all the photographers, media, everybody was waiting everybody in practice. So Cecil was standing by the door with his back turned to the outside. And all of a sudden, this old beat-up, Ford F-150 or F-100 old pickup truck pulled up and parked across uh, next to the curb where they usually park the ambulance in case something happens. Well, one of the younger media guys said, well, look at this old part. He said he'd get towed. Well, I turned around and myself, I knew who it was and I didn't say anything. So the old man walked into the building, the main building there at Mount Moore. And of course, Cecil turned around, smiled, didn't say anything. And the truck had been there maybe five minutes. Well, here comes uh, Cedric out. He walked over, looked at the truck, taking his head. They said, yeah, Cedric, going to get him. All of a sudden, well, the old man walked out and was headed toward the, the facility. And the door opened, and we could hear uh, Cedric say, well, he said, Mr. Paul, I'll move the truck over there. You take care. I'll, I'll take care of it. Well, the gentleman walked inside. Cecil turned around and said, how you doing, coach? And Paul Bryant Jr. shook his hand. He said, I'm uh-huh. doing good. And all the younger guys looked around as he walked through, after he was walked through looked at Cecil and Cecil said, young guys know who people are and never judge a book by the cover. And they said, who is that? He said, well, his dad's name's on everything around here. He said, that's Paul Bryant Jr. And he had on old boots, just came out of the field maybe, looking, you know, maybe at the, the cement place or something, but he, he didn't. He looked like, like a homeless guy, pretty much. I love that. I love that anecdote. Said, that's awesome. He said, never judge a book by the cover. He said, that's Paul Bryant Jr. And the guy said, but he doesn't look. He said, that's just it. He's not what people think he is. He's only here when he's called, but he's here if he's needed. He said, so y'all just young. Yeah, you just learned a lesson. You just met Paul Bryant Jr. Yeah. The guy just like this your head. And I thought Absolutely. that was Cecil, though. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah. appreciate that. I talked to that yesterday. As always, I get off yeah. work and I didn't get a time to hey, but God bless y'all. Enjoy the show. Yeah. And maybe I can listen to again tomorrow. Hey. Yeah, please, oh. please keep calling in. Please yeah. keep calling in. Uh, we need the story of the day from Dinon. All right, well, I, Matt. Matt, I've often, I've often thought, how hard would it be to be the son of Bear Bryant? Very difficult when you carry his name too. 
I don't know how he's done it, to be honest with you. It's, uh, it's remarkable. But, um, you know, your kids are going to have the same kind of pressure, too, Lars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just like your son, who is Matt. Yeah, he uh, he gets that a lot. Hey, love you, Reagan. Randy, thank you. Enjoyed it. Well, hey, we'll be here back in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. We'll be a Friday place to be, and it's free. So please join us there tomorrow. Have some lunch and a cold beer. See you, Lars.